0: You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Lockdown Indians, brought to you again by Ohio vs. Everyone. Ohio vs. Everyone is the fantastic new sports site that is all about the Ohio teams you love, written by Ohioans for Ohioans. That is Ohio vs. Everyone, VS. To go check it out today, I know Matt over on the baseball side of things. He is a great guy, he knows his stuff. If I go over there right now, Cleveland Indians need to improve their batting, or Cleveland Indians need to call up Nolan Jones. Talked about that already. Uh, there's a lot of things the Indians need to do, and it's mostly uh, offense-based over here right now, and that's because the Indians are struggling in those areas. So go check out Ohio first Everyone today. Ooh, so I'm recording this, as the Indians are currently up 5 nothing in the seventh inning. Uh, let's talk about the uh, roster changes they've made with their struggle. Oh, that's right there, Arnon. So that's, that's the end of that, part of the podcast. Uh, we already talked about... Shane Bieber's game from Thursday on the Friday podcast. We'll talk about the three games this weekend, performances, issues, things that have arisen. Uh, I have so much to talk about in so little time. Uh, so let's just start by diving into these games one by one. Let's, uh, And I do want to point out before I dive into these, if you have been following the podcast, I'm getting these series predictions correct a, a good chunk of the time. Now, when they're on that losing streak, yeah, I kind of fell apart, but... Things hold to form today. I will have gotten this entire weekend cracked when I was predicting uh, which games they'd win, which ones they'd lose. I feel like I'm I'm shooting at least 65 70 percent this year on those predictions. Uh, it, I should be gambling on it, is what I'm trying to say. But let's dive into the weekend. So the Friday game uh, that was a close one, one nothing. That's that's about as close as they get. Zach, please sack. I mean, do we really need words for his performance? Uh, seven two-thirds five hits one walk 11 strikeouts the first immaculate inning of 2020 if you're not familiar with an immaculate immaculate inning it is you get uh three strikeouts and use nine pitches so i mean they can foul one off they can make contact they don't all have to be swing and miss but you have to get nine uh three outs three strikeouts nine pitches and he pulled that off he made the tigers look silly throughout this one Michael Fulmer, who has struggled all year, actually had a pretty strong performance over those three innings. Uh, I mean, He had an ERA, even after this game, his ERA was over eight, and he went three innings without giving up a run. So that came down. That's how bad he's been this year. But the Indians struggled with him. Ty Alexander came in. He's been steady for them uh, throughout the year. Struggled a bit. Uh, You know, gave up the run. I don't really think it's fair to say he struggled a bit. Five base runners over two innings isn't great, though. Uh chalk came in, got the hold, uh, walked one strike out one. Brad Hand finally got to pitch. Two strikeouts, one hit, and he is yeah, I man, I was wrong on Brad Hand. Okay, let's just say it there. Boy, I blew that. That is a piece of analysis I was not even remotely close on. So how did they get their run in this one? de shields Right? I mean that's what it comes down to. He scored the only run in the game sacrifice fly by Lindor shields had a triple Lindor gets the sack fly they get a run they had five hits in this game two by Jose Ramirez uh Jordan Luplo loop low loop low sorry uh had two walks so he is the only other and then Roberto Perez had a hit and a walk so those are your three guys who and two walks by Lindor I'm just failing here to read a box score to you Uh, Those players all got on multiple times. Uh, Carlos Santana, Fran Reyes, those two have been scuffling. But uh, a win is a win. And for a team that had been on a massive losing streak, winning two in a row was great. So now let's talk about this Saturday game. Uh, There's so many issues on display in this game. It's almost hard. I I feel like this game alone is going to take at least half the podcast. We're going to talk about it, go on a break, and come back and talk about it some more. Tristan McKenzie, four innings, six hits, three walks, one earned run, three strikeouts, nine base runners in four innings, not the best. Uh, my buddy, Justin Lotta, oh, I did not save that tweet. I had it open, and now it's gone. Uh, he had a thing out about, well, first it started with Zach Meisel, that Tristan McKenzie's velocity, average velocity, and his fastball was at 94, 93, 92, 92, 92, tonight in ninety. Uh, And tonight i meant the game over the weekend. And Justin was nice enough to tweet out that, you know, that had been an issue in Akron and something that I had brought up in his profile repeatedly. And if you listen to the show, I have. And inconsistent velocity in his fastball, he's been all over the place. It's been a big issue for him. And part of the reason I thought, along with him being more of a two-pitch guy, that uh, being a reliever might be his uh, future. And in this game, he was taken out because... (laughs) four innings 79 pitches he's just not sharp and that is a your fastball has to have elite elite movement to work there and you wonder against a team you know we talked about this is not a bad team there are some interesting bats and hitters in here but once you pass Reyes Castro Candelario the rest of this lineup has struggled this year they are scuffling with and dealing with injuries could McKenzie have gotten away with what he got away with against a better team? Probably not. Uh, and that's going to continue to be my concern when you look at McKenzie long-term. I, I still lean towards more of a reliever. It's why I haven't jumped up my profile on him. You know, it, I don't take a good two months. is something that's going to make me completely change my scouting report, what I've seen, what I've built up over the years. Uh, so I, I can totally be proven wrong, and maybe he'll start to... to be a little more consistent but that consistency just has not existed over the past three years Quantrell with maybe his best outing Whitgren is fantastic and then Mayton comes in and just gets destroyed Cam Hill does not help the situation out let's just go ahead and jump into that eighth inning and talk about it I want to make sure I have the specifics correct in this so we have a walk a strikeout then a single 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 and then another walk so, you bring in uh, Maiden here, who has struggled this year, uh, has been struggling more and more of late. If I go to his game log, for instance, uh, the 9th of September, his ERA was .73. It's now nearly 5. And that's over eight, 8 appearances. His ERA has gone up 4 runs. Those aren't even full innings to make it get there. His effectiveness has, has been not there, uh, during that time, he has had three of those eight appearances. He gave up multi runs, not multi hits. Give up multiple runs in nearly half of those. So you have a guy who has struggled of late and walk, strike out, single, single, single. He's still in the game. He gives up the he ties the game up. Right, you're, you're you know with the first one, second one gives them the lead, and he's still in there. So he can walk the bases loaded. They go and get Cam Hill. They're down by one run. Hill then walks, sac fly, and he gets the out to end it. Not a, a great performance by him either, giving up two more runs. But it—it's all on Maton. It's all on Alomar. Like for some reason he goes, oh, okay. The the you know it, I in the seventh and eighth I can go to Karinchok, Perez, Maton, or um, Whitgren. And I already went to Whitgren. he did one inning, even though it was only seven pitches. I think it was only seven pitches. It was single digit pitches, let's put it that way. But either way, it was a low amount of, uh, he had more you know, gas in there. And you bring in the guy who's, who's had some struggles of late and you don't have anyone else warming already. And, and you sit there and watch him be extremely ineffective, allow four straight base runners and five out of six of the guys he face reach base, and it takes six players to get another arm up and ready. That is terrible management in that one for the Cleveland Indians. They end up dropping this one, and, you know, we'll, like I said, we're going to talk a little bit more about this game after our ad break. But, it, A, you know, I've shared my concerns with Maton. Yes, the advanced data is there, but the production has never been there. Um, the numbers look good on spin rates and the like, but team seem to figure him out and I've been talking about how bad Sandy Alomar is for a while now and it continues to get worse if you are like the Cleveland Indians and you need to hire someone you need a manager you need someone who can help lead your team to greater things then you should go over and check out indeed.com today Indeed is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, it gives you full control and payment flexibility over hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause at any time and there's no long-term contracts. Indeed provides powerful tools as well to make your search easier. One of those is sponsored jobs, which are three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. 73% of online job seekers visit Indeed each month and they will find you the workers you need just like they have for over 3 million other businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free seventy-five dollar credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try out try Indeed out with a free seventy-five dollar credit at indeed.com slash locked on MLB. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash locked on MLB. Terms and conditions apply. The offer is valid through September thirtieth, so get on it now. We are also sponsored by Bilt Bar today. I have talked about my love of Bilt Bar. They, Built Bar is what I have for breakfast. Uh, I have it every single day. We have been over in the Locked On MLB uh, group DM very thirsty to get the, we're hoping to get our new trial of uh, the, the brand new flavors for BiltBar.com because it is so well loved amongst all of us. We got that first box for free and since then we've been hooked. Built Bar is just, it's a tasty filling bar. It gives you energy. It's a great product and it's something that uh, I speak to not just because they they sponsor the show, which helps, but because it's a product I use and enjoy. If you want to try out BuiltBar.com, you can right now go over to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON, one word. You'll get $10 off your next order. Use the promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. Okay, so let's continue to talk about the horror show that was Saturday. I'm going to close my little Phil Milton tab. Not Phil Milton. I don't know who Phil Milton is, but uh, Phil Milton tab. I'm done with that. Uh, it was oddly enjoyable, if I'm going to see the Indians lose, to see Eric Haas do the damage. Uh, that, as someone who just worked his tail off in the minors, was almost a non-prospect to the point where he's now up here, and in that Saturday's Saturday's game, he went two for four, had a run and an RBI, uh, had a really big hit. Good for him. Like, he really worked to get there. Uh, It was not an easy process. There were points where he was not even really viewed as a top 20 prospect, and he's up there. I I mean, you got Castro, you got Haas. uh, It's definitely a former Indians revenge tour to a degree when you face the Tigers. But let's talk about the positives in this one. Hey, they scored two runs. That's better than most nights for them. Jose Ramirez, we'll talk about him more in a second. He had his 10th double of the year. Franmil Reyes had his 10th double. Uh, It was his first extra base hit in weeks. Lindor also had a double in this one. Uh, Franmil had a multi-hit game. No walks, which is really odd for the Indians in general. So Cesar Hernandez and Franmil uh, Reyes were the only players who uh, reached base more than twice without creating an out. Uh, Both runs came via Jose Ramirez. He had the uh, two-out RBI, or got both runs, knocked in both guys as a two-out RBI situation. We talked about, you know, Matten and Hill not being great, the issues with McKenzie. Quantrell and Whitgrin were both nice to see, and Quantrell could be an important part of this team, either is a kind of like Chris Davinsky was, I think for Houston back in the day, he could be that multi-inning relief weapon for the Indians, or maybe they're able to stretch him out, work with him, and turn him into another potential starter for this team. So while I've been talking to you, uh, Jose Ramirez homered again uh, in this one. He is a multi-home run game, that he's up to 15 on the year. That's impressive to say the least. Wow. I, you know, I'm not paying attention to the game. It's kind of, like I said, it's a side thing. It's a background thing while I'm recording, but I'm just kind of in the, the shock surprise of seeing another home run by him with as bad as the Indians have been this year. Uh, Jose Ramirez has come back and, you know, he's had his cold streaks, but there's no doubt he is the Indians best hitter this year by a significant, significant margin. And he just continues to perform. If you're looking at home run leaders, if you're curious about that, the two tonight would tie him for eighth uh, in baseball. Now, there's some interesting players when you look at this list. You know, how many people realize Luke Voigt with 20 leads baseball? You go down Adam Duvall. Remember him who was with the Reds and the Braves? And there was talk he may not have a spot to, to hit in the batting order. Uh, he's got 16. He's tied with Nelson Cruz and Mike Trout and Mookie Betts and Machado. 16. Uh, What a bounce back year for him. What a good get. Someone I advocated the Indians to try to sign in the offseason, Cole Calhoun, who was a pretty cheap get for the Diamondbacks, also has 15. And Teoscar Hernandez, who was one of those guys talked about uh, as a possible Indians trade candidate, was sitting there at 15 as well. Just some fun names to discuss while we talk about Jose Ramirez and 15 home runs tying him, putting him amongst the top 10 home run hitters in both leagues. Overall to this game, uh, Luplo, two hits. Jose Ramirez, of course, two hits. Fran Meld has two walks in this one, and uh, they only have three walks in general, Lindor, with the other walk. Santana just continues. I mean, his on-base percentage just dropped nearly 20 points, I feel like, over the last two weeks. Uh, he is just not the same guy. There's a 0.0% chance his option gets picked up. Uh, I don't know exactly what the plan will be if they will try to bring him back on a cheaper deal, but yeah, he is not getting picked up. Uh, Carlos Carrasco, six and two thirds right now, one hit ball. He has allowed two walks, struck out 10. What a game by him. Uh, what a rebound year in general. He, again, has had his ups and downs and there was that stretch in the middle where he, there was some, you know, we debated if he should consider, you know, if you consider maybe moving him out of the rotation. Is there any debate anymore? At this point in time, I feel like you have to feel pretty, pretty good about Carlos Carrasco as a starter for the Cleveland Indians going forward. His ERA is now under three. Side note, just talking about some, some basic statistics and some other uh, player performance. I am wondering if the seventh will be his final inning. At six and two thirds, he's already over 100 pitches. It'll definitely be something to, uh, I'll be curious to see. Uh, I tweeted out earlier in the day, you know, Matt Boyd, we looked at the advanced numbers, one of the worst pitchers in baseball. So, of course, he held the Indians to one hit for a good chunk of the game through the first four innings, basically, before uh, they were able to use some of that bottom of the lineup uh, magic. And Delano DeShields came through with a hit to get some runs across. Who is not playing well today? Uh, Mercado, two uh, at-bats, two strikeouts. I believe he also has a sacrifice, maybe, yeah. And Sandy Leone, uh, again, I don't even think he should be on roster, but that's just me. Uh, Hedges is a better defender, and frankly, none of them bring anything offensively. So what's the point of having three cruddy catchers? So I really feel like with the Indians right now, the question is, of course, this outfield. There are issues all over, we could point out, and offensively, there are a lot of places that uh, just aren't performing positionally. But when we're talking about the Cleveland Indians, what do you do about this outfield? I don't know how you can run Oscar Mercado out there. He is just, he's lost, he can't make contact, he's struggling to hit 150, let alone 250 or 200. You know, if he was the best center fielder in baseball defensively, you could maybe get away with it with as bad as his offense has been. And that's only a maybe. He is not. He's an above average. He's a solid defender. Uh, Can we talk about why is DeShields playing center field and Mercado playing left? DeShields has no arm. Let Mercado play center and put DeShields in left. They can both handle the position. I don't like playing them both at the same time, if I'm being honest, but that is just silly. To do it that way because the Shields is a center fielder. It's, well, they, they both are. Uh, let's make this about putting the best possible defense out there possible. Uh, this outfield, again, with the situation with the Cleveland Indians, they need to cut Sandy Leon. They just need to do that. What they need to do, honestly, let's promote Kaye Tom. Let's give him 10 games, let him play center, see if he can hit, see if he can bring something give the opportunity if you end up getting nothing then you know you tried it and you can let him go he probably doesn't clear waivers but you obviously they don't value him enough to give him an opportunity now uh so why do you care if you can't hold on to him he's approaching minor league free agency he's not going to stick around if he's not getting an opportunity he's not on the 40 man he needs let him Try. What do they have to hurt here? Lose one of their three catchers? They don't need three catchers. Uh, they, they can keep Bo Taylor as kind of the emergency guy. That's fine. Leon is bringing nothing to the team. See if Mercado can play. If you can enter a situation where Mercado... Or Mercado, I'm sorry. We know Mercado can't play. He's up next inning, though, and that's why that came in. Kaye Tom. Let's see. He played center field most of last year. Let's put him out there, see what he can do. The reports on his defense were middling, but... Uh, I would take middling defense, middling bat right now. That is a massive improvement. You could do some kind of platoon, maybe with the shields and Naylor in the other spot. And I don't know what you do with Mercado. You can't run him out there with the way he's been playing. There's just no upside to it. Um, You'd be better off having a pitcher hit right now than Mercado. That's what you're getting out of him. But then you need to do something. Uh, Just, if I took the approach to teaching that Sandy Alomar does to managing. I would show up to school every single day. I would teach the exact same thing, and I would never test or assess to see if kids understood. I would just assume things are fine. I would just do the same thing every single day and just repeat, repeat, repeat. No changes, no adjustments, no improvement, no no testing to see how things are going, and no thought beyond what has been put in place. Uh, This is just... Untenable. I, I mean, the Cleveland Indians can't win in the postseason with Sandy Alomar as a manager. And I'll say that because, yes, bad managers have won. But when you look at a team like the Cleveland Indians, who do not have the resources of some of these other teams, uh, Tito has looked his best in the postseason. I have had my issues with him over the years, but typically he's been more flexible in the postseason. He tries things. He's, you know, the year they made the World Series was a masterclass by him. Sandy Alomar teaches a kindergarten class, not a master class. If they go into the postseason, he's going to treat it the exact same as he's treated the regular season. There's not going to be adjustments. There's not going to be improvements. There is not going to be anything. And this team will be out very quickly in spite of the rotation they have because they're just going to have this lineup that hasn't changed in a month. They're going to have – you're going to have your pitcher go and probably have them over-pitch deep into games. And then after that, you're going to – just go by the book okay a b c those are my relievers we're not going to use brad hand unless we have a lead because we don't understand high leverage situations and that is the situation right now using that word again uh with the cleveland indians this is a team that is going to make the postseason uh i would it still would take a pretty shocking collapse to not make the postseason they're going to be a low seed they'll face right now i think it's the white Sox who they would face because they are the eighth seed i want to say still and they could lose in the first round. They could win. They have had a lot of success against the White Sox this year. But I don't like their chances of winning because they, they haven't improved. This is a team that is worse since the season began because of the Clevenger deal. And I was fine with that trade. But then let Naylor play. Let's see if we have something there. Don't just turn him into a platoon bat. You don't have any other outfielders. You don't have anyone who's good enough to make you... Uh, think that platooning is worthwhile. Uh, let him play. Let him see what he can do. I mean, I'm almost turning around to the fact where I'm like, let Luplo low play every day because the rest of this outfield has been that bad. Like, I was so anti that, but when you have nothing else, why not? And again, look at the Chicago White Sox. They called up Garrett Crochet. He's going to work out of the pen. I did not like that draft pick. Uh, he's got pretty terrible control and he's been hit very hard, but he's a lefty with huge velocity and a plus secondary pitch. Lefty with his velocity and two pitches. I think he could be a great reliever, but that's why I kind of gave him more of a second round grade because I thought more likely a reliever. The White Sox have called him up. They're running him out there because it gives them their best chance to succeed. Their first rounder from this year. The Indians have to add Nolan Jones to their postseason roster, or not their postseason, they have to add him to their 40 man roster at the end of the year no matter what and they still won't add him to the roster right now even though he could have helped this team out i mean have nolan jones dh put fran Mill in the outfield fran mill's defensive shortcomings aren't going to be any worse than uh the overall valuation you look at what you're getting by playing a mercado in left field or when you look at the fact they played domingo santana out there for parts of the year um early on do something nolan jones Hey Tom, give someone a look, because what you have here isn't working. The Indians are not making adjustments. They're not—it's it, the same every single day. There's been no very minor movement in your lineup, in your rotation, and your bullpen usage. And the bigger problem is, I mean, we have seven games left. Probably too late to go and make a move. But it would have been good to see this team make a move— You know, after the Kansas City series, when you had 12 games left, or in the middle of the Kansas City series, when you had 14 games left, get a look at some of those younger players. See if you can find something. Does anyone out there actually feel like this team has any shot of getting, you know, three rounds deep in the postseason? Like I said, they played well against Chicago. There's a possibility they could, uh, you know, play well against them. Uh, Shane Bieber. We'll have a start this week against Chicago. We're running along on time, so you'll get a Chicago preview on Tuesday. But uh, he, I don't think he'll pitch again. I think he'll have his final start of the year Thursday versus Chicago and then rest up. You're not going to throw him out there against Chicago, or against um, Pittsburgh, I should say, the final three games. But uh, yeah, the Chicago series is going to be an interesting one because the White Sox are right now trying to wrap up the number one seed in the postseason. The Indians are... Locked in one of those bottom two slots. And then we'll see exactly how this sets up, how they run things for these final seven games. I don't think the rotation is going to be as it is currently shown if you go and look online. And yes, I would still make a roster move and get rid of one of these catchers. Honestly, yes. I would go, I would call up Daniel Johnson. I would add Kay Ka- Tom. I would add Nolan Jones. I would do something. Uh, it's very late in the year. You don't really need to worry about something like service time because of the seven games, even when you think about the truncated schedule uh, and the like, but the Indians need to do something. This team is just, I, there's some brilliant performances, uh, some of the most brilliant performances in the league on the Cleveland Indians this year. And then there is just players who have no business being in the majors right now. And it's crazy how little middle ground there is and how much at each extreme. It's a long one. Uh, Mondays always tend to be. Even for me, there's a long Monday. So I'm going to do a quick end here. Uh, I do need to do a thank you at the end of the show. Oh, I closed it. I'll do it tomorrow. We did have a new review on iTunes, so I want to make sure I, I take the time to do that. And always, those rating and reviews are huge for the show. Uh, tell a friend, everything that's continued to help grow. Uh, one of these days, it'd be nice to be in the top 10 uh, podcasts on our network for baseball. So, I have been Jeff Ellis. This has been the Lockdown Indians Podcast. I want to give my thanks, as always, to all the fans who listen. You are what make this product happen and make it possible. And as always, go Tribe!